0: Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery.
1: Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. This is Gary.
2: And this is Mike.
1: And this is Daniel. And we, for our subject of discussion, are going to be discussing the fifth step. Fifth step in our ongoing series. Uh, So, as kind of an intro, I'm going to go ahead and read the fifth step, and then we'll jump right into it. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So... Let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about why it's important to admit to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs and what it means when it says the exact nature of our wrongs.
2: I think there's actually uh, a couple of things, a couple of keywords, even before the exact nature of our wrongs, uh, because that in itself is a is an oh, interesting for sure. podcast. But the concept of admittance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what your experience was like, but uh, but one thing I was not going to be in my in the, you know my infamous days of acting out would would not be cornered into admitting the fact that I was wrong. So uh, this is a this is a big step. Uh, I, I I don't know that I necessarily understand the full impact of step five until I really sort of break down the words of it. But but the idea of admitting to being wrong, admitting to myself, admitting to God, admitting to others that i had done these things incorrectly was a was a big step
1: that's a big step i want to point out <clears throat> that admitting is different than confessing
2: yes that's a great point explain that well
1: i think i can take responsibility for something you know sure i can take responsibility <clears throat> for something yeah i did that as long as i don't have to share it with anybody right well no well for example you know i can i can say yeah i did that and i could be snarky about it you know i'm a, i'm saying that i did it taking sure. responsibility for the action but i'm not being accountable for it okay yeah that's a great does that make sense it makes a big difference sure. um also i think when it says to admit you're removing excuses you're removing ifs and and buts and because this or it it, nope i you're it's going to be very very clean i admit that i did this i'm being accountable for what i've done i'm not just uh, you're i think you have to do it in a sense of um humility Mm -hmm. okay all right it can't be done something well, it can't feed your ego. I mean, you've met people who brag. I mean, we all know a little bit about junky Sure. Junky pride, right? You can yeah. you can admit to things. Take responsibility for things. Uh but that's not the same thing as humbly admitting.
2: Yeah. Partly because humbly admitting suggests that I intend to do whatever I can do to make it right. Yeah. There's an element of that that it, that suggests that I I recognize the fact that I've done this and that it's damaged somebody or something. And to the extent that I can, I fully intend to make that right. That's, that's much different than just simply saying, yeah, I did this.
0: Well, I mean, there's definitely a difference because we were just like, yeah, I did that. Or, you know, you admit, yeah, I did that. You know, yeah. One, there's a feeling emoted there And people can feel that and sense that Like, okay, he's he, he's being humble He's actually taking responsibility And the other one's like Okay, are, are you really sorry that that's happened? I mean, I know for for a fact for me that that's happened Um, You know, I'm like, I'm sorry I did that And it's like, you're not sorry You know, I, I hear that response I heard that from
2: my ex quite a bit And I'm like, yeah, Because I am. you have no... I am. The reason everybody feels that is because you, you you clearly have made it perfectly clear that you have no intention of taking responsibility, but yeah. and seeing it through yeah. to doing what you need to do to, to yeah. because that, that that's a felt that's yeah. a felt response. It's definitely.
0: But there there were, there have been times where I have expressed, "Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that," and she's t- she's taking it on. It's like you know because she has felt that okay, he is being sorry. So you definitely you know that's that's the one thing that i never really understood you know and working you know with our shards therapist he's like you know when you're sorry i'll know it like, <laughs> yeah he means like i'll feel it yeah you know or you're you know when you're being serious i'll know it because i'll feel it and I'm, you know that concept just didn't hit me it made no sense to me i'm like but i'm telling you i'm sorry i, I really yeah and he's like no i'll feel it you know and it's finally sunken in oh okay i get it i I get what he means. You know, my body language, everything's going to be telling him that I, you know, what I'm saying matches up with my words.
1: So when I'm, we sit down to actually do this work, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about what that might look like. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you admit to God, now the the steps, use the word God to define your higher power and you get to, you get to decide whatever that's going to look like, but <clears throat> and don't get hung up on that because honestly the minute that you create an ideal something that you're striving for okay you've set up a higher power right this is something and you're making yourself accountable to that you're admitting that that you have done that you have fallen short and you're making yourself accountable to that ideal to that higher power to God okay now I found that when I did this work for myself um, I found it most ef- effective to actually do that in a, in a combination of prayer and meditation. And by that, I mean that I would, I had to, I found a quiet place by myself, uh-huh. had my fourth step with me, <laughs> right? And <clears throat> I vocally, out loud, audibly uh, expressed everything that I had done. And I mm-hmm. admitted to these things, and I admitted that I had fallen short. Right. And that's that's what I needed. That's that's what that piece of this step looked like for me. Admitting to God. Now there might be other ways that that people do that work, but but in that instance, that's what I did.
2: I will tell you an interesting story. I was uh, this last week. I was in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, and took an opportunity to run over to Savannah, Georgia, to just take a tour and and see the old town. And Savannah's been around for a long time. One of the earliest structures that was built in Savannah is a, is a Catholic church. And we were taking a tour of this just phenomenal building, this Catholic church. And the tour guide shared with us, showed us around the building and the and the seven or so sacraments and the fourteen stations that were critical in the Catholic faith. And and uh, just a phenomenal building, a spectacular building that's been around for several hundred years. And uh, took us to the confessional booth. <clears throat> and his comment was, he said, now I have been in that booth every week for a good part of my life. And he said, I can tell you that the work that goes on in that booth is better than any therapy I can receive from any therapist here uh, in Savannah. And I thought about that um, what an interesting comment, first of all, but I, you know, some of the comments that you're talking about is this, this willingness to admit to God these exact nature of our wrongs. And, and I, I was thinking of that as he was sharing this experience of, of going into this little booth, which is a chance to, to share with his designated minister, representative, if you will, of, of uh, the faith that he had, <clears throat> and share with that individual who represents, if you will, Represents this this God that he believes in and share with him that he had done this, this, this and this and this wrong and was willing to to make amends for the things that he had done wrong. And I thought of, of his comment that, that how good that was for him, how good that was for him to admit those things uh, openly that he had done wrong and that, that 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 had a that had an effect on his being and uh, that's, that's a great concept. There's something about that. There's something very, very redeeming and very, very, uh, um, um, wh- how to describe it, but very, very uh, powerful, if you will, and admitting those things to God, those things that you've done wrong. So that's what this stepped in my mind, that that experience just comes back wholeheartedly for me. now.
1: Your comment reminded me of something else. Not only not only did I, I do that in prayer, but I actually did go to my religious representative, my clergy. Uh, okay, you know, and I felt that that was also part of mm-hmm. ad- admitting to God what I had done, by making myself accountable to. Yes, yeah, to I, uh, my yeah. religious leaders. Well, and the thing I like about this step
0: um, that actually helped, because you know, in the past for me it always be okay. I'd confess to God, but that's just me talking to him. You know, and this requires you to admit to yourself and another individual, another person. And so I was kind of stuck in this loop, which was this isolating loop of, okay, no one else knows. It's just me and him, and that's where <laughs> it's going to stay. Um, but by putting it out with someone else, you realize, okay, it's not as bad. You know, because I would get in this, okay, I've told him, and I'd get in this shame cycle. You know, oh, you know, if God's going to smite me or, or whatever, and this kind of the shame loop would would develop because of that, you know, but by talking to another person, you could see the compassion or the empathy that they would have, and then okay, well, that shame can't <laughs> develop there because someone's being gentle with you and understanding, and wow that's difficult,
1: but hey, you know you're still making it through with this uh, yeah and and do you know what i <clears throat> I think the I admit mean, you know we're going to get to the talking to another human being in a minute or several human beings. And I think that that's absolutely necessary. We're going to go into that a little bit more. Um, But before we leave the admitted it to God thing, I think that, that um, if you do have a spiritual tradition or religion, something like that, then I think that you need to adhere to the tenets of whatever confession or, or um, I don't even know how to articulate what I'm saying Whatever your tradition states, whatever your religion uh, requires, I think that admitting it to God, I think it needs to fall into that. Whatever your, whatever your spiritual tradition looks like, whatever the tenets are, I think you need to adhere to those. Yeah. So if I were your sponsor,
2: that's what I would say. Right. You need to you need to make that right. a part of your step five. And I think I brought it up multiple times that. Uh, You know, now is not necessarily the time to be abandoning the religion or faith of your youth. This is an opportunity to to really understand that relationship completely um, and follow it all the way through because Mm -hmm. there's those periods of time where you felt as though you were abandoned. Uh, in those earlier acting out years and here's an opportunity now to go back and say wait I may have misunderstood something very early on and now I would really like to follow through with that and like you said the tenets of your faith and understand that completely and understand that process completely such that it has the ability then to empower you and to bless your life agreed Mm -hmm. so great comments so what do you think it means to admit it
1: to yourself what does that look like What does that look like?
0: Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, Definitely. Because, I mean, Because because
1: in your heart of hearts, you know what you've done. Yeah. No, we have. You know, and then you spend so much time and mental energy justifying it or hiding it or, you know. So, what does it mean when you finally admit to yourself? I mean, for me, it
0: was when I finally said, okay, I'm done giving up the games, done trying to justify
2: these things. I've done this. Now I have to make this right. Sounds like to me a piece of that is is giving up the bargain with chaos. Yeah, as it's been described. I think that's uh, the the games that we play, the bargains that we make with ourselves. Yep. That uh, hey, I'll uh, um, I promise I'll never do this to myself. Or I'll, uh, I remember yeah. in one of our groups, one of our people talking about eating an extra hot chocolate or something like oh, that the, as a result
0: the, of the, uh, like <laughs> for ghost pepper, yeah. <laughs> chocolate covered ghost pepper, and that was his punishment for acting out. And it's like why would you do that? That seems so insane. Um, but I know we go to those type of great lengths. We go to those links. Of, yeah. Okay, if I do this, then this happens. Or if I, you know, if I right. don't do this, then this can happen. And it's really weird how we can build up these structures and rules in our head that aren't even, you know, not even good or safe for for ourselves. I mean, right. ghost pepper chocolate that can't be safe. Let alone, I can't imagine what happens later on in the digestion process because i mean what happens if you have an upset stomach (laughs) but um you know just it's weird but i mean really for me it was just that moment was just like okay i'm done making the bargains with chaos i'm done trying to justify xyz you know i'm just i'm gonna do what i need to to make it right that's when i feel like i finally admitted to myself i have a problem i need to fix this i
2: think that's a great point uh for me Mine was a little different, uh, partly because I I spent so much time blaming others for my mm-hmm. problems. Uh, my wife, particularly, that, that that I would be a you know a happy, healthy, normal boy if if, uh, this, if 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 our marriage was on track, and, and if mm-hmm. so it was all her oh, fault. Oh, I did that a lot too. So yeah. I think the uh, the admittance to myself was the was finally arriving at the spot that says, "No, Mike, this is your problem. Yeah, this isn't her problem." and in fact nothing associated with this is anything to do with her it's all you and to the point in time that i'm willing to take that i was willing to take responsibility for myself and for my own actions rather than blaming that all on others i think that was the that's when i finally admitted to myself that it was that i had a problem <clears throat> now
1: by this time by this by this time in your step work you've you've done a fearless moral inventory, right. you know, you've done your step, step four stuff, mm-hmm. but something that occurs to me. And, I, and the reason I bring that up is, is for me when I admitted it to myself, really admitted that I had a problem, I needed that fearless moral inventory. I need to have written all of that down Absolutely. so that I could have it in front of me. And my words were now standing witness to me. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think, I think that step five, can be one of the very, very hardest steps to take because step five was the direct antithesis of what I committed to do. I will take my secrets to the grave. Sure. No Mm -hmm. one will ever know. Yeah. You
2: know, um, and this is the first time where you're allowing others to know.
1: Right. In in fact, it's kind of strange because I think the first, no, there was a lot of drama and all kinds of crazy stuff in mind, but I think the first real step I took in my recovery was step five, and I, I didn't do it consciously or anything. But <clears throat> but I remember I remember sitting in the room, and I remember talking to the therapist. And for the first time in my life, you know, I was in the hospital after my suicide attempt. Right. I told somebody what I was doing. All right, that was very very crude. And I wouldn't have counted that as having finished my step five work, sure. but that that admitting to another human being the exact nature of my arms, that was the first real earnest
2: explanation step work of what got that, you there that, that yeah. I had done.
1: That, yeah. that was my first step into a, into a larger world, if you will. So why do you think we have to admit it to another human being? This is kind of a trick question. It's kind of a gimme, but
2: I actually think it's cathartic. To be honest with you, I think there's something about that that uh, you know this this disease uh, lives in the in the deep dark recesses of our own mind and 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 rarely comes out in in public. Certainly never comes out. Uh, and so to actually share that with another human being is actually uh, uh, is actually very cathartic for me. I I remember sharing my first step. I remember that experience uh, first with you, then with a a handful of others in our, in our, 12 uh, step group. And then, and then ultimately to the entire body. And, uh, there were pieces of that, uh, that, that took me even in years of recovery, it took me years to, uh, to actually disclose. Um, and those were all elements that I had, had just in my mind were so traumatic, were so, um, impactful into my world. Um, uh, that I, that I had sworn, uh, you know, on every grave that I could think of that I would never share with another human being ever as a result of uh, of just how embarrassed I was about that. Only now to share that openly with others, um, uh, and I, I'm just amazed at how cathartic that has been for me to be able to finally get that secret out. And that's been a big deal. That's been a really big deal. So I think there's something to the idea, uh, you know, the... the the folks that uh, the folks that sort of penned these twelve steps knew something about the idea of you know sharing with somebody. There's 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 something very powerful in that.
0: There right. absolutely yeah, is. and for me, uh, as long as I kept it internal, you know, I kept that, you know I can build up that thought of oh I'm broken, I'm miserable, I'm horrible, no one will love me. You know, but when you share it with someone else, and they take that and then they, they're they okay with that. And it's like, wow, maybe I'm not so broken. Maybe I am okay. You know, especially when you go to the 12-step uh, a, a group and you put that out there and th- no one thinks negatively of you, right. no one shames you, no one, you know, and you hear their stories. And it's like, wow, I'm just like, like that them. person. Yeah. I'm no, you know, they're no different from me. And then you start realizing that and then things start kind of clicking in place, at least they did for me. It, it was like, okay, I'm not the only one struggling with this. I'm not the only one that's broken or, you know, I'm just like that guy and he's just like me and so on. And then you start, it starts, the mindset kind of starts changing instead of, oh, I can't overcome this. I just have to hide it. It's like, well, that guy did it, you know, or, or, or that guy, he's struggling, but he's still doing it. Well, yeah. well obviously so can I. Yeah. You kind of get out of that negative mind space.
2: You think of, uh, I'm thinking of the author Victor Frankl, for instance, who, who related his experience in the World War II concentration camps and the, sort of isolating the, you know, what made somebody successful in coming through that experience and what made somebody unsuccessful in coming through that and what made those people adjust back into into a normal existence after they came out as if normal could be ever identified after something like that, but as horrific as that was. But, but his point was is that... Uh, uh, they took opportunity to share, and it's in that sharing moment that allowed them to to connect on a deeper level with each other, and then connect with uh, with others who had gone through such a horrific experience that that they were able to feel again. Because I'm imagining that that kind of an experience would have robbed them of the of the the emotional connection, mm-hmm. and so that's in my mind that's the magic of of the steps right there is is being able to share with others in a meaningful way that enables people to connect as humans who have a problem or are mm-hmm. struggling that's the that's the the magic of of 12 step work
1: <clears throat> i love it i also think it's absolutely necessary i don't think you can do this by yourself i don't think so either no. i i mean Right away. I mean, the first thing that you're supposed to do in a twelve step program is find a sponsor. That's right. And and start yeah, yeah. working. Uh, we've already discussed at length the necessary, the great benefit of having a therapist, counselor, sure, to help you work things out. And and you know we're counseled. And I found a lot of success in in uh, creating a, a support network of mentors and friends mm-hmm. and things like that who who know what I'm dealing with. Which comes to the next piece that I wanted to talk about. It says, uh, the exact nature of our wrongs. Now, I think there are different levels of resolution that we need to be mindful of as we tell others the exact nature of our wrongs. Sure, sure. All right. Uh, With my therapist, for example, it is his job to help me work through all the detail and minutiae of whatever it is I need to deal with. As a result... I had a number of experiences where I had acted out with other people that I needed to process with somebody in a great level of detail. The kind of detail that would be very very inappropriate I think to share with with other, anybody with, yeah. with other people because I think it's going to harm it's going to do far more harm than good. Yeah. It's certainly not the kind of thing I remember there's this wonderful exercise you guys will be familiar with it it's called the wall mm. okay yes and uh, <laughs> okay. it's one of Mike's. i remember my wall presentation. so it so for those of you who might hard. not be familiar with it the wall is essentially an exercise where on the front of it you write down everything that you're it's kind of the facade you're putting forward and then on the back of the paper is everything that you're trying to hide
2: that's that's a really high level thirty thousand yeah. foot view of the wall, yeah of the painful experience of the wall
1: but Uh, In my group, when we were processing that, I was processing my wall and I was describing some of the things in the back and my therapist had to stop me because I was sharing. Now, keep in mind, I was laying my soul bare and it was painful and I was embarrassed and Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was, uh, but to be stopped in the middle of me vomiting out all of my stuff. Because the other guys in the group were struggling, and they weren't—they
2: weren't seeing this from recovery no, eyes. No, they weren't seeing
1: it through recovery eyes. It was beginning to affect them, you know. And he had to—he very skillful, skillfully redirected the conversation, you know, and and we reframed it. And and those were a number of the things that I had to go over with him in his office. But I was very grateful. And, and that, that was kind of the moment that I that, that this kind of was hit home to me. All oh, there are different levels of resolution that need to, to take place. Yeah. But having said that, you absolutely have to have somebody that you can go to that level of detail with if you need to. Mm-hmm. And usually I think a professional is the best, I think best way right. to go with that.
2: I think you're right. Um,
1: second is is when you say the exact nature. Now, Nobody out there. Don't be using your addict thinking to try to dilute this or or whatever. Even even those people in my life who don't know all the gory details, they know the exact nature of it. They know yeah, the width. Yeah. They know the breadth. They know what I did. They know how long, how right. many years it lasted. How you know they have a really really good idea. They 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 have all the information they need to be able to help me and to call me on my stuff. And yep. and so that they're effective, yeah. in in the ability to help me, but the things that I would discuss with my therapist might look a little different than the things I would discuss with my clergy, yeah. or what I might discuss with my wife, or what I might discuss with my sponsor, or what I might share with the group. There are different levels of resolution that you need.
2: Yeah, I think you're, you're spot right on. You're right spot on with all of that. I I, <clears throat> I think the other piece of it too is is that. Uh, for somebody who's really done their step work thoroughly, uh, to spend the time with step four, uh, where you you try to itemize and lay out for yourself in, in this piece of work, and I and I think the you know the literature identifies about two hundred days to do a really good job on your step four. That's uh you know that's that's two thirds of a year. That's a good long yeah. time. Um, so you're looking at several months of hard hard work. And what's interesting for me and my and as I've gone through this process is is how my understanding of the exact nature of my wrongs has actually changed. Sure. I think yeah. as I put it down initially, I was able to see, well, you know, I'm taking 100% responsibility for the 50% response part of uh, this problem or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. For sure. And you start to evaluate it as though this is some mathematical equation. But ultimately what you realize is, is that, no, it's not a mathematical equation. These are people I'm talking about. This in, my, in, in one particular circumstance happens to be a relationship with my dad. And, uh, and and very quickly, I start to itemize and identify the fact, the exact nature of my wrongs. Where did I go wrong in my relationship with my dad? Where did I not take the opportunity to reach out to him like I needed to reach out to him? Here he is, at, you know, in his late 80s. And and again, I've not taken the advantage to, to really send him on his way. You know, at some point in time in the very near future, he's not going to be with us any longer. And... And where will I be at that point in time to realize that I've not taken the steps necessary to to amend the exact nature of my wrongs? But again, my point being is is that when I first went through step four, it was this mathematical issue of hey, he was he did this and he did that and he did this, but the reality of it is is that I did that, mm-hmm. and that's and a big deal. Another example
1: that comes to my mind. I'm going to throw you under the bus again, <laughs> bus driver, but. Uh, <clears throat> Remember the, uh, and you've shared this on this podcast. Remember when you said, oh, I thought this and this, and then I finally began to realize what this had done to my wife. Right. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah, you, you might want to talk to your dad. You know, (laughs) what what do we say? Act, you know, what is it? Live for the moment. Act in the moment right now is what you got. So
2: when you're ready, man, I've got some work to do. There's for certain.
1: All right. Well, we're just about out of time. So we need to wrap this up. But this, like I said, in a very crude way, this was the first real work that I did admitting to another person, the exact nature of, and it was very crude in the moment, but it changed everything after that point. Literally, that was the hinge point in my life. And everything after that point was different. And that's how powerful this kind of stuff is. So do a really good step four. And honestly, if you're doing your step four work the way that you should and you're processing that with your sponsor as you're going over it or your therapist, then by the time it comes to step five, at that point it's almost just a formality. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. But you also need to know that is, um, I'll throw this little caveat out there. As you do more work, your understanding of the exact nature of what you've done has changed. And you might have to come back and revisit it a little bit. That's a great point, but
2: that's a great point. With that,
1: this is Gary saying, do the next right thing. Get your work done. <laughs> do your own work.
2: Do your own work. <laughs> this is Mike saying, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring.
0: And this is Daniel saying, find humility in your recovery.
2: Thank
1: you for listening
0: to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12steppodcast at gmail.com. That is podcast at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.